Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Morning, everybody. Hi. How's everyone doing? Good. I think I've met most of you, but there's some new faces in the room. My name is Jonathan. For those of you who don't know me, today is Praxis Sunday, so we're taking a little bit of a detour from our series in the name of Jesus. Um, but who am I? Who am I? Um, man, who am I? I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian. I'm a French Canadian, and I actually didn't know the term hoser until Ryan called me one. One morning while I was up here, he was, he was right there and he called me a hoser and I was like, what's a hoser? And he's like, that's a Canadian. I'm like, I didn't know. It must be because I'm French Canadian. We just don't know all the terms for the actual Canadians, you know? <laughs> Anyways, so who am I? I am Canadian. I'm Jonathan. Um, I'm part of the discipleship team here at City Beautiful. Um, and obviously, I'm on the, the teaching rotation. Um, today's praxis, if you want to take out your phone, you can go to citybeautiful.ch slash weekly, and you could scroll down to praxis 2023, and if you get nudged by the Lord to sign your life away while I'm speaking, um, go for it. If you are not connected or plugged in to the fabric of our community, I really encourage you to do so, go for it. But as I mentioned, growing up in Montreal, Quebec, born and raised Montreal, Quebec, um, my wife and I, we moved here in 2020 in the middle of COVID. It was a shocker for all of my friends and family. They thought we were absolutely crazy. Um, but my in-laws were very happy about that. And we are, Victoria and I are expecting our first child in January. <laughs> So we're happy about that. But anyways, growing up in Montreal, Quebec, uh, one thing that we had the luxury of experiencing was the changing of seasons. It's something that um, I've missed a lot. I've just missed so much. Uh, the changing of the seasons where the climate and the colors just kind of start to shift around the end of August, throughout September, and then into October. There's these, this three-month period where um, uh, people start talking more about hockey because we always talk about hockey. I still always talk about hockey with, with you guys, and you guys just give me blank stares. Um, and I will continue to do so until you understand the game and the beauty of the game. And, uh, but it feels like kind of society moves from this place of... Of, of kind of rest and, and rhythm, and then um, just in, a, in, a, in, a, in the span of a day or a couple hours, it kind of turns into this consuming all-out rat race. Who has felt that way over the past month? Like all of a sudden, oh, some of you don't feel that way, which is pretty impressive. Um, but all that to say, in, in the the climate's changing like that, especially in the fall. And in the month of September, what we celebrate Thanksgiving in Canada in the beginning of October. And it, it, it sort of like coincides with this season where the farmers go out into their field, and I think this happens here too, but maybe you need that extra month in Florida. I don't know. 
Maybe you need that extra month. Um, but in September, the farmers go out into the field and they run these big machines called combines. And these combines, they like they flesh the sorry, they thresh and they plow through their fields to harvest their crops. And they bring their crops into their storehouses and they sift through them. And they sift through them to pull the good grain out of the wheat. And then they set aside. Some of their bounty, some of their harvest, they set aside in a bin for their sustenance and survival. And then they'll take uh, the other to package it and send it out into the world. And this season um, is actually in French called, and I always have to kind of plug a French phrase in my sermons, is action de grâce, which translates into English grace in action or thanksgiving in action. And that's kind of what fall, where fall praxis needs to start. As we have worshiped this morning, we've started with praise and thanksgiving to enter into God's courts, to thank him for all of the things that he's done for us already in his son. He's already accomplished so much in just giving us himself. But then we also look back throughout the last six to seven months that we have spent together and we examine the things that he has done over the past six to seven months just so that we can maybe find something to help us keep going for the rest of the year. So thanksgiving in action. And so even though through the ups and downs and the highs and lows and the messy, distracting seasonal shifts of our lives, I think there's a lot of that happening in our community right now. There's this little seedling that we've been given called City Beautiful Church. It's been given to us to plow and to till and to steward and to examine what we've been given from the Lord to engage with. We also want to reflect today on how we're doing and examine our hearts and our actions and our thoughts. This is when we gather together in one place like this, the Lord speaks to us in very specific ways, in very sensitive ways as to like, what have you done over the past six months in my heart personally? But what are you doing in this community? Help me, help me to, under, like, to perceive the thing that you're doing here. So that's, that's kind of what praxis is. And it's important that we start with thanksgiving. So praxis invites us to give thanks first for what we've been given. To keep plowing, tilling, and stewarding this field. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much that you have given us yourself in your son. Thank you that we are gathered here together in one place to be grateful that you are mindful of us in this way, that we can sit here and speak to you as one speaks to a friend. But God, you want us to go deeper into the soil as a community. It doesn't stop here. It, you keep going. You keep going. And you just ask us to follow you. And so I pray that today you would speak to us in new ways.
speak to us intimately, challenge us, invite us, remind us that you are an active God. You are living and you are active and you are present. In Jesus' name, amen. So to all you noobs, all you noobs in the room, maybe you're here this morning for the absolute first time and you're like, what is going on? Maybe you haven't put your CBC, City Beautiful Church. CBC is actually also Canadian broadcast, whatever. So I was like, I don't know about that yet. Um, but CBC, you haven't put on your CBC gardening gloves yet. I'm trying to get my dad jokes going a little bit. But just to preface, just to preface the parable, the parables that we're about to jump in, um, allow me to encourage you that this morning, at times, it's, if not at most times, um, it's in our yes to the unknowns that we experience Jesus the most. So let's open up to our first reading in Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32. Yep, on the screen. You can turn to it in your physical Bibles or digital Bibles. Jesus says to the religious leaders, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The religious leaders answered, the first. And Jesus said to them, I love this. Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe. This is a word of the Lord. I love how Jesus always kind of says, you're missing the point right off the bat. You're missing the point. Fam, the second son is obviously out to lunch, right? Who says yes and doesn't go? Who says yes and doesn't go? Who says yes to Jesus and doesn't till his father's vineyard? Is that me? Is that you? And then the second son saying yes and then going later. I think when I think about the first son saying yes and not going, we often like, you know, we give him a bad rap. Even though Jesus says, Mr. Point, let's just like humor like the dialogue here. Let's humor, you know, the question of which of the two, you know, which of the two did what his father wanted. You know, we often default we want, to, we want to assume that we're not like the first son. But more often than not, we are like that first son. 
where we've said yes, to, we've, we've said yes, sorry, the second son, said yes and we don't go. But let's just hone in on that second son for a second. We come to our senses somewhere in between. Maybe we don't feel compelled to say yes. And then in between somewhere, the Lord kind of stirs in our heart. He's like, I'm going to go and do this anyways. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. So four, it took me 14 years to wake up, to get baptized, to give my life to Jesus. I'm, uh, this was at the age of 26. I'm now, I'm now 38. I moved from Zen Buddhism to Zoroastrianism to agnosticism to a kind of atheism and then just found Jesus. But I remember the three years, like the three years before I got baptized. Like I said yes to Jesus. And there was this three-year period where I kind of didn't really understand the role of the church in my journey. Um, it was like the only place that I could find the conversation and to grow in that conversation. But I wasn't quite sure. I was a little bit cynical and skeptical about the church because I had grown up in a little bit more of a legalistic environment and left the church, you know, around the age of, I'd say, 11, 12. Um, I actually remember that. I would, like, fake sleep. I'm like, no, I'm not going. I'm not going, Dad. Anyways. Um... But I remember in those years, those three years, the longer I dwelt on the generosity of God, this is kind of going back to Thanksgiving. I dwelt on the generosity of God and searched the pages of scripture. I became hungrier for a more, like, I became more hungry and restless for, like, holistic transformation. And it, it came to this point where I, I needed to respond because it was like an invitation that the Lord, it was, it was one that, you know, made me feel a little uncomfortable because it was like a discomforting realization. Because I was trying to drift into spiritual transformation alone. So I... I kind of needed to yield to the Spirit's leading in my life to say, hey, I need you to wake up this morning and go meet that pastor on the steps of the shopping center and pray this psalm because you don't know how to pray. But you need to learn how to pray. This pastor knows how to pray. So connect. I wasn't even connected to that pastor's church because I was drifting into spiritual transformation alone. I was kind of doing my own thing out in the wilderness. And, uh, and then I finally started coming into the local church and exposing myself to the people of God 
and the conversation that was happening and the invitation that was happening there. And that's where discipleship happens. I believe that the local church is a vehicle for discipleship. I do not believe culture disciples us in the way of Jesus. I believe the local church um, does this. But I still have to remind myself of this daily that the church, this vineyard, this field, this garden, no matter what it looks like in season, is a designed provision, is a designed provision for me from the Father, a place where I could put my hand to the plow and discover my spiritual gifts in the process, to get my hands dirty, to put my CBC gardening gloves on, expose myself to the nature and character of Christ that's alive, that's inhabiting the church through the work of the Spirit, through simple, sacrificial service to the local church. Sometimes it's granola, sometimes it's whatever, but just put your hand to the plow and see what the Lord could do. When I realized this embraced that the Father had provided me with design provision to step into this spiritual journey with him, this field, this vineyard, this church, to plow, to grow, to till. It was such a precious revelation to me, and that's why I believe so much in the local church. If it's 12, if it's 300, if it's 1,500, if it's four. But today we're speaking to specifically City Beautiful Church. So even like the first son, when I said no first and I was getting past, I went through a season of, of addiction and coming back and I was kind of like in and out, relapsing addiction. That was the three years prior to baptism and then the Lord delivered me from that. Thanks be to God. Um, or maybe I was preoccupied by the loss of friendships because in Montreal it's a post, post, post Christian society. There's like 0.06% of the population is evangelical, which could be a good thing, but it is also just sort of this, none of my friends were Christian. So following Jesus, I lost a lot of friendships. So I was very preoccupied with that for a couple years as well. Or maybe I was distracted in pursuing like personal fulfillment in other areas. But just like maybe like the first son, this is the way it's speaking. It spoke to me, this passage. It was in my willingness to turn and do the work anyways. It was in my willingness to respond to the Spirit's leading, to listen to the Lord's leading, to say, hey, I've given you a people. I've given you a field to till, to plow, to thresh, to steward, to grow through service by doing it anyways. Do what's right. And it spoke to my relationship with Christ. And that's so important that like as much as praxis begins with thankfulness, we are grateful for the relationship that we have been given in Jesus. That is the source of what compels us to put our faith into action, which is essentially what the word praxis means. It means putting our faith into practice. 
But I remember thinking to myself, why this, why this church? Why this field? Why this vineyard? Look at what it looks like. You can imagine some of the churches in Montreal. I mean, some of them are big, some of them are small. But I remember taking on in my first, I think my first year of ministry, I took on a group of four, four youth, four youth. This was, this is maybe like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago or something like that. Four youth. That group has now grown to like 68 kids in like eight years. But in year one, it was four. And I wasn't there for like more than three years. I was there for like, I think a year and a half. And I tapped out. I was like, youth ministry ain't for me. It, it ain't for me. <laughs> but it was in my willingness to jump in anyways, to learn these things, to really get my hands dirty, to put my faith into action. And to see how the Lord would just kind of correct course and kind of, you know, address little issues in my own personal heart about the way that I approached people and, and just engaged the mission of God. Because there's a mission and God has placed, has given us this field to till and that's, that's his mission is to engage in that sense. We're good. Now to all of y'all. Who have been plugged in here for a good minute. I know some of you have been here for a real good minute. Um, and to those not here tuning in the podcast, to maybe those sitting in what feels like no soil or dry soil, or maybe you're starting to think, oh, this is becoming very dry. Or maybe you're totally content and at peace with um, where you're plugged into the life of this church, and that's good, that's okay, that's good too. Um, but speaking to those, like myself, who lean into the snare of cynicism, you know, whether it's our collective situation of the $14,000 pitfall, what kind of eyes are you looking at that with? Whether you've noticed people coming in and out, whether these doors, it's kind of like a revolving door sometimes. Maybe you're cautious or concerned um, about the future, suspicious, tired of feeling all the residual pressure to see this, this seedling grow. To the wrestling, checked out, jaded saints of the city beautiful church, don't let your hearts be troubled. Let's open up to Matthew 13, verses 24 through 29. On the screen. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. 
the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. That's pretty good. I think we need to come to the realization that the church is not a perfect field of dreams. There will always be weeds on this this side of eternity. There will always be weeds among the wheat. Because most of the time, kind of like the disciples, at times, as we see in the life of Jesus, we're half asleep. We are preoccupied by all kinds of things. There will still be ego. There will still be moments where we'll feel betrayed. There will still be death and grief to hold. There will still be pain. There will still be radio silence from Sunday to Sunday. Because truthfully, the old order of things is still present among us. Until the kingdom of heaven arrives in its fullest form. We will always, we will always feel restless for more. But sometimes there just isn't more at times. And it's all about how we respond in those moments. That even though in the here and now, we are called to be perfect because our Father in heaven is perfect. And even though in the here and now we get glimpses of this heavenly city, or to remain true to the analogies of scripture this morning, the heavenly garden, Eden restored, Revelation 22, from the throne flows a river of renewal. Who remembers that? That was our vision from last year. And we piggybacked off of it and created this be strong, take heart. From the throne flows a river of renewal. That's Eden restored. It's a garden restored. And in the here and now, we'll experience nice, favorable moments where we're on the same page and the soil is fertile. It's easy to plow, easy to till, easy to care for, easy to gather. But a lot of the time, the soil gets hard to plow. And we're not all on the same page. Maybe we're feeling disconnected or not speaking the same language. And the soil gets dirty and gets dry and thorny. And maybe because we're the ones taking a step back, we're feeling less convinced or just busy. We make ourselves more busy. Maybe we're harboring idols. Maybe because we're actually getting tired of building. Or maybe that person over there isn't saying or doing the right things or doing enough 
Maybe it's because we're enduring hardships in our personal lives. And we tend to isolate ourselves away in those moments. And all those weeds begin to sprout up in the middle of an expanding field of wheat. Because this field is expanding. It's growing. And there's a lot of beautiful things happening in our community. But like we see in this parable, the disciples come and they, and they, they basically, do you want us, they, go, they come to the owner and they say, do you want us to go and, and pull up those, those weeds? I think it speaks to sometimes when we know that this is a long road ahead of us. And the longer things get, the more jaded we become and indifferent we become when we don't necessarily see results. We become less inspired and our attitudes and our actions kind of dwindle And we feel the need to point out what needs fixing, what's not being done, what's not working, right? And sometimes we become so fixated, become so consumed on trying to fix our imperfections. We devote our energy, all of our energy, to the work of uprooting the weeds and in turn, exhaust ourselves. It's an exhausting work. And this parable, what this parable, what Jesus is teaching his disciples, Jesus did not want his disciples to become weed detectors, but to trust that the harvest would come at the appointed time. This is true about ourselves, our personal lives, but it's also true about the life of our church. What we see in this passage, and what the owner is trying to help his servants understand with their hearts, he's basically saying, it is the enemy that is planting weeds among the wheat while you sleep. Don't, don't underestimate him. Be watchful, for sure, be watchful. But when you wake up and you come to your senses, don't spend your time uprooting the weeds. Because you may be uprooting a work the enemy meant for harm that the Father intends to make beautiful in his timing. So just focus, refocus, recommit, give yourself to the work of serving each other, strengthening each other. Jesus is Lord of the harvest, and we must remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of God. I will see the wheat overcome the weeds over time in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord.
thousand thinking about these parables, and it made me think about Peter. Because Peter on this rock, I will build my church. A little bit of a sidebar here, but it's still, still on track. The moment we see Peter and Jesus, have, they have this dialogue before the rooster crows three times. And then Peter denies Jesus three times. All by handing Jesus over to be crucified. It's a powerful interaction because it speaks to, to this kind of reality. Where Jesus says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. Don't, Simon, it's interesting how Jesus says, Simon, Simon, don't return to your former way of thinking. Don't return to your former self. I have called you by name, Peter. I have handled Satan. The Father sent me. I am faithful, Jesus says. Your faith rests with me my faithfulness. But the charge is, when you return to me, when you, re when you remember who you are, and you return to me, please strengthen your brethren. Please strengthen your brethren. So as we return to Jesus and recommit to cultivating this field, Praxis Sunday, we are called to strengthen one another. No matter what. Trusting in him that this is where he's called us to plow, to till, to thresh, to trust him with the harvest. Jesus charges us, when you return to me, strengthen one another. So when we're experiencing sort of this consuming, um, these consuming times that we live in where it's so easy, it's so easy to become cynical and jaded and indifferent and we focus on all the negative things, the weeds, what needs improvement. We forget who Jesus is. We forget who he is. We get lost in the noise. But the call is to trust him and to steward this field that we've been given. Praxis isn't a mere invitation to step into areas of need in our church or join community groups or ministry teams out of compulsion or a sense of guilt or obligation. Praxis is a calling from the Lord to strengthen one another in his name. 
to till the soil of this field and be good stewards of what we've been given. That's our witness. That's our vocation as the local church. So if you want to open up to that citybeautiful.ch slash weekly and go down to the Praxis, Praxis 2023, there's a bunch of ways that you, there, there's a bunch of ways highlighted that you can plug in to the fabric of our community. The backbone of our communities are community groups. You could, there's Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays that have opened up. We have groups that are in the stages of growing, little seedlings, ready to till, right? If you've been listening, faith in action. There's an all day teaching. Which is a huge blessing. Ryan puts so much like time and effort into stewarding that kind of environment. I went to, I think it was Philippians, the last one, and it was amazing. Just to be in a room full of believers, opening the word, and letting that just minister to my heart and hearing some of the ways that we can, you know, read through scripture and engage with scripture, all day teaching how to read the Bible. Then there's serving within. Greenhouse kids. All these kids. I think every one of our kids is pretty damn cool. They're, they're weird. They're a little weird, but they're pretty cool. But that, you know, I mean, I never devoted myself to a season of kids ministry or serving in kids' ministry. I served a few times in Montreal. I served a few environments when people were out and I would just, you know, replace them and stuff like that. And, but just interacting with the kids does something to you. It does. It opens you up a little bit more. Um, and I don't know why I didn't do it more. That's probably because I'm like, which son was it? <laughs> <laughs> I said yes, but didn't go, that kind of thing. <laughs> Engagement team. Basically, basically the front lines. Engagement team. Been blessed to be a part of that team and meet people on that team and meet people through that. Charity does an excellent job organizing that and has found collaborators as well to help her out. How can you help? How could you help serve there? Operations team, tech team. These are all Sunday environments. The worship team, if you have, if you have gifts, if you're a musician or if you sing, there's a little box for musician, singer. It's definitely not me or Johnny. <laughs> and then there's the local global team. I mean, do not despise the day of small things, right? I mean, Local Global was something that we just kind of talked about and came about last season or this season, no? And we're already, you know, traveling to Peru, praying with our brothers and sisters over there. I was thinking maybe we should bring them here. They'd probably help us out a little bit more. <laughs> Anyways, maybe we can bring them here. But if you're interested in local and global initiatives, sign up. You want to be a part of that conversation? 
There's ideas on, on the ground locally that are happening. Maybe the way you've, you are wired or what God has placed on your heart to bring to the table can be humored and talked about. You can be a part of that, contribute to it. But I just want to ask you one question. Actually, I had three, but I ask you one. What is your deepest hunger for City Beautiful Church? Why are you here? And what do you want for this church? And what are you going to do about it? Are there ways that you can engage? Are there ways that you could steward into something? Connect with something and steward what it is that you are feeling deep within your gut needs to happen here at City Beautiful. What do you, what do you believe God has given you the faith for to submit here and to say, hey, I think could do something like this. Community groups are a great environment to discern through those things. The local global team is a great place to discern through the, what's on your heart. But then some of us that are sitting like what we feel is no soil or dry soil and we need to be inspired, maybe Greenhouse is going to inspire you. Or maybe that's somewhere that you could trust the Lord, that you could submit to him and say, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to do this anyway and watch him below your mind. I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I moved here in 2022 during COVID. I had a little idea, but we did take six months off of ministry before we connected here at City Beautiful. And when we started plugging in here and we started meeting the people here, We've been in the orbit of the church for a long time, and this is a completely different expression of what it was to as what it is now. And we have been supremely blessed by our experience in community group and strengthened by that. And, and, and sort of just invited into this kind of, wow, like there's so many things that God is doing or could be doing here. You become so curious. You wonder because there's so much more. If you keep tilling the soil and plowing the fields and answering the call to continue strengthening one another. You have two minutes to sign up to something on citybeautiful.ch slash weekly. Going out of practice 2023. I give you two minutes of some sad music playing in the background. Be strong, take heart. Be strong, take heart. Praxis Sunday. Invitation to continue plowing tilling the field that God has called us to, the field 
and trusting him with the harvest. And I'm so captivated by still by this passage in, in Revelation 22 as our North Star. So why don't you just close your eyes before we go into worship. I'll share a word of prayer. And the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp, the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. Heavenly Father, what a precious privilege it is to be called children of God. As we began this day praising your name, thanking you for all that you've done, so that we may in turn say thank you God that I am your child thank you that you have invited me into this family to learn what it's like to live and be shaped in your image and in your likeness by the power of your spirit God I pray a, a special blessing over everyone in this room today today to engage further into the life of the community, whether that's in our community groups or whether that's in Sunday environments or all-day scripture readings, that in ever-increasing measure, what our field looks like, no matter how many weeds there are over here on the left or over here right in the center. God, there is so much wheat. There's so much good grain here. So I pray that you would just give us eyes of faith, eyes to see and ears to hear. 
how your spirit is leading us as a community to be strong and to take heart that you are with us and that you are for us and that you are not against us. So we commend each and every one of our hearts and our minds and our ministries and our community groups and all these things that you are at the center of, God. You are the source of the inspiration and, the susten and how you sustain that by your power and by your strength. And God, we need you. We are desperate for you. We are desperate for your strength. Let our only response be praise. Let our only response be praise for all of the things that you have done. been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.